How does the psychic like her steak? Medium, of course. That's a bad joke, but we'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make the show? Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napa. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here as always. Uh, we're supposed to be uh, having a discussion <laughs> with uh, Deborah Antic from uh, the Traveling Psycho- Psychic Supper Club this evening. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, she's not here yet. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. I did send her a message to kind of remind her. I heard from her today and she was very aware that tonight was the night. Uh, so maybe she's having, having some trouble connecting. Uh, we'll we'll hold out. In the meantime, I want to talk about my sponsors. And I'll just stop by saying I hope you're having a great night tonight. Uh, the holiday season is upon us. Uh, and um, it is what uh, a strange year for the holidays to be in the holiday season it's just it's been a strange year overall but especially feels strange to be in the holiday season this year because of everything that's been going on and of course if you're you keep uh informed and up to date with the current events and the news um the covid situation is back on the rise the second wave is in full force we had a record number of deaths here in the u.s uh yesterday and so uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be the merriest of Christmases. I'm going to change my glasses here. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get on with the sponsors. And hopefully Deborah will be here by the time uh, we're done with the sponsors. So starting tonight, my, my show is uh, sponsored by MyBookie.com. MyBookie.com is one of the most popular and trusted brands in the online gambling community. Its sports book offers an incredible variety of sports from American staples such as football and basketball to international sports such as uh, rugby and cricket and KBO. Uh, it even offers wages on entertainment and politics and simulated sports video games such as Madden 21 and NBA 2K21. If you're looking for a line on your favorite TV show, you can most certainly find it at MyBookie. Uh, my bookie's casino options are as plentiful as its sports books. There are 27 different table games, such as blackjack and roulette, and almost 300 unique slot options, 77 of which are 3D. You can even play live table games and video poker. Uh, to get started, it's pretty simple. You just go to mybookie.com and use the code, promo code, MINDDOG. Uh, and what's gonna, what that's going to get you is a special match deposit offer. So if you want to start playing with... Let's just say uh, you want you're a low low roller and you want to start with just ten dollars. You put ten dollars in uh, your deposit account and it, uh, uh, it immediately becomes twenty dollars. Now that offer extends all the way up to a thousand dollars. So if you're a high roller and want to play with a thousand dollars, it will automatically and immediately become two thousand dollars. You can't meet that. So go to mybookie.com and use the promo code MindDog. Additionally, tonight is sponsored by. FunWise Capital. FunWise Capital, you know about them. They're a lender matching platform that gets you the best credit lines guaranteed. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much money you can get. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow a business. If you don't have a business yet, 
Like you got a solid business plan that can help you get funding, get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months, unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups, as I mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started with them, you just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. The links will be in the description, and I surely uh, do appreciate you uh, patronizing our sponsors. Now, on to the big program tonight, and I see uh, my guest has arrived, uh, Deborah Hernandez-Antic. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. If not, I'm sure she'll give me a, a little correction on that when she comes in. And I will apologize sincerely if I got it wrong. Uh, she is a clairvoyant and a professional psychic who started her own group, the Traveling Psychic Supper Club. And she discusses uh, personal psychic and intuition-based experiences. She also works in the mental health addiction and trauma field with people in the criminal justice system. So this should be a very interesting conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Deborah Antic. Deborah, welcome. Hi, how's it going? Uh, it's, it's going great. Thank you for coming. Uh, did I pronounce your name right? Let's start with that. <laughs> so you you did a great job. Um, okay. Most people uh, don't get it right. It's actually just how it sounds. It's Antich. But people always say antic, antica, you, but you did a fine job of trying, so I appreciate it. Thank you for that. It's always something I'm nervous about, especially when I don't get a chance to talk to the guests before coming on the air. I always get a little nervous. And I, I like names like Don Smith. I had a Don Smith on. So that was easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, it's an interesting um, discussion, like just topic, something to talk about right off the bat, because whenever people um, don't know how to say your name, it's it's just an interesting way to be introduced to people. You know, uh, I think that you're right about that. But some people, uh, for, for whatever reason, they're not very comfortable with their name sometimes. And they, they don't like they don't like you to bring it up. But you would think the opposite. You know, it's it's the sound we first hear when we come into this world. And so, so you would think most people would be um, happy to, to hear their name and to discuss their name. But that's not always the case. Um, yeah, yeah, no. So tell me a little bit about what the Traveling Psychic Supper Club is all about. So the Traveling Psychic Supper Club is a group that I started uh, back in 2011. And it, it literally was people that I was doing readings for that um, one of the things that I find very interesting about um the people that come to me for readings, I don't even like calling them clients, but um, you know, the people that come to me for readings is a lot of times they will be connected by their information. And so I was having that experience where, you know, someone would be coming to me about something completely unrelated to the other person, but somehow they would kind of be parallel or like jibing up, you know? And so I just got to a point where I was like, these people, why don't these people just meet each other? You know, I mean, um, I always have a lot of fun with the, with my readings and the people that I read. And I was like, I wouldn't mind having a meal with, you know, some of my past clients. And I kind of put it out to a few of my people that, um, that, that I had read and they were like, Oh my God, of course, like that would be really cool. So it started out as just, um, a, a dinner. It's, it's very comfortable to talk over food because <laughs> one of the things that I found 
you know, if, you know, in school, whenever you doodle, you know, you can take in information better that way sometime. And um, having a plate of food in front of you is an easy way. If someone's talking about something that you're not comfortable with, you can just look at your plate of food. You know, right. you don't have, it's, it's, you can kind of bow out and just take a bite. And it's also an interesting way to process information is, is by eating and right. sharing a meal together. So well, that's how it came about. That that's uh, funny that you should bring that up because uh, this show has taught me one thing. I don't believe in coincidences anymore. And when you say everybody is connected in some way, I find that every program, every interview that I do is somehow, even if the messaging is connected in some way, uh, but I'm 321 episodes in now and have found common threads through all of them. And it, it, it's startling to me to see how, how often that happens. So I no longer believe in, in the uh, concept of coincidence. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and, and if you break it, I'm a big language person. And if you break it down, it's just things coinciding at the same time, coincidence. Right. So right. it, yeah, it, it just, it's, um, it is, it's, it is that thread that goes through everything. All right. I'm going to be a little silly for, for a moment here. Uh, when, okay. when you do, before, obviously you're not doing this in, in restaurants now because of COVID, right? Or am I wrong about that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so we're um, in, in a restaurant, though, if they if the, if the wait, waitress or waiter says, would you like a menu uh, and the psychic says, yes, I would be a little skeptical right off, off the bat because you should know but, what's on the menu. I, but, yeah. And, and trust me, I've kind of heard it all, you know, um, <laughs> but like I might know what's on the menu. But here's another thing. I like to see things. I like to physically see and touch menu. Like I don't like doing anything on the phone. And that's one of the reasons why it is so hard doing everything virtually. But uh, yeah, it's sometimes psychics like to see a menu every once in a while. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and I said the word skeptic there, and I want to be clear about this. that uh, And because I say this often, I, have, I don't think there's anything wrong with being skeptical. I think being skeptical is a good mm -hmm. thing. The difference between being a skeptic and being a cynic. And a cynic is a person who just is, has their mind made up that, no, this is all, you know, I don't believe in anything. I believe what I've, I've believed all my life. I'm not going to uh, even think think about it or consider it a skeptic is a person who says yeah let me, I, I i possible keep an open mind to it but question it and uh for for a lot of people you know it's how does it work is really a, a curious thing like even if if we see uh, a phenomenon that feels like it's working and seems like wow you know that made a lot of sense to me but you wonder how it works do you even concern yourself with how it works uh, you know, I've been asked that a lot and I've gotten to where I, it, I don't care. It, it doesn't matter. Um, I know what it, uh, and, and we talk about this a lot, um, with, with the group and, um, just in, in conversations I end up having outside of the group as well, but, you know, just paying attention and, and being okay with whatever, and not everything is going to be a hundred percent right. You know, you said skeptics and cynics. I am, I'm happy with both because I feel like whatever people's, um, whatever people's thought, thought systems are, I, I, I'm okay with it. You know, right. I, some, and I've 
I've had people say, you know, this isn't real, this is fake, but then you get to have a conversation with somebody. And I'm not saying like, you know, I open their mind up and just dig in and pull all this stuff out. What I'm saying is, you know, just to be okay with people being skeptical because people have all had their own separate experiences that have led them to where they are. And so have I. And so right. to just be able to say, I'm okay with that. I'm not here to um, talk anybody into believing in in psychic ability or psychic phenomenon or intuition. We all have it and we use it all the time, period. Right. I mean, some people more than others. And I just kind of feel like if you're just dead set on not believing it, um, that's okay. But it's also, you're missing out. I, I, that's just my, my feeling is that a person that just, no, this isn't true. It, it's just missing out a little bit. Right. I appreciate that. But uh, here's the thing. If somebody is dead set on not believing anything, you're probably not going to, uh, they're not going to come to you in the first place. And if they do, it's, it's to try to debunk, you know, or try to prove you wrong on, on a lot of things. So, but most likely you're not even going to even uh, be confronted with those people if they don't believe skeptics. Yes. Skeptics will come with an open mind, but cynics will probably, you'll probably never hardly ever come be confronted with them ever. Am I wrong in that? Well, I find it interesting because um, a lot of times people are like they'll say that they don't believe something, but then there is right. also kind of a, a fear behind it that right. is like, and please don't prove me wrong. And right, so right. that goes back to, you know, I'm, I'm not ever out to make anybody feel uncomfortable and, you know, um, nobody wants for their thought systems to, to be attacked. Just like, I mean, I don't, you don't. And so, um, I think it's really interesting though, whenever someone comes and says, Oh, this isn't real or blah, blah, blah. And I just say, okay. And they're like, wait, what? You're not going to try and like change my mind. And I'm like, no, it's right. okay with me that you don't believe this. And then they're like, then they're like, wait a minute, you're trying to do. And I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to do anything. If you want to have a conversation, we can totally have a conversation. But if you feel like I'm trying to do something, then I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. But, gotcha. but yeah. And so on that note, though, I'm being uncomfortable now. If and I understand that things have changed a little bit because of the pandemic, but so you're sitting at a table with a bunch of people. Can it can it get uncomfortable if you're doing a reading for one person and you're going someplace that they might not be comfortable with the other people at the table hearing about? Well, that's the that's the thing. Everybody that shows up, first of all. Um, if people show up, they're ready to hear what comes up. Now there's also, um, here's, here's one thing about that is, um, it, if I get it, it's meant to be received. It, it, it's meant to be stated. Now, like, do I blurt something out that could be very, you know, um, difficult? No. I mean, you find the right way to say something. But one of the things that I found is that whenever I do get something and I, I say it, it will be for more than one person. And mm. so it, it's not like, uh, so I do, um, I do private dinners as well. And that's kind of with COVID, 
Um, I'm doing some virtual stuff. I'm doing some private stuff with like social distancing. And um, that's kind of the place where complete strangers don't mind hearing, um, having their stuff said in front of other people or hear, having other people hear their stuff. And it's funny because with the dinners, people that come as strangers usually end up leaving with a friend. But it's the private dinners where people, everybody knows each other that there has to be a little bit uh, more gentle way. If if I get something really strongly, I might kind of be like, okay, boop, I'm going to put that in the back of my head. And then I'll talk to that person about that later. Um, but a lot of times if something's coming in, it's really more for the group. It, it's mm. not just for one person. So uh. that's one of the things that over time I've really had to be okay with, you know, I could I could see that happening, especially if the group is related in any way or they're close friends in some way. I, I could see that. Um, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Were you, were, did, it, did you have no, a fun? No. Uh, okay. Um, I, I want to get uh, some clarity, because, and I think I know, but I, I'm, think, I'm assuming I know, but I'm not sure I know. Clairvoyant uh, means that you're, uh, you are you are visual visual aspect only right so are you just like seeing pictures how does that work with you so yeah so clairvoyant is yes clear seeing so um and uh but i don't just see pictures but yet the answer to that question is yes so, i usually so will see Go ahead. I, I just want to say, so you're probably clairaudient too, or clairkinesthetic, or whatever, whatever that one is. So, so it's not just clairvoyance; it's other uh, sensory sensory modalities. <laughs> right, right. So I um, clairvoyant, clairaudient, um, and uh, clair just like a knowing. Like sometimes I'll just receive information, and I'm like. It's just a knowing. Someone will be talking about something. I'll get a visual picture, and then. I um I know like the knowing is like this is for them. This is especially when I get uh, sometimes when reading I'll get super emotional and I know it's not my emotions. It it's not for me. And so there's a lot of it, it it's there's a lot of pieces around the clairvoyance that come that come with it that um I've got a I've got a post on my blog about um, your psychic combo meal. And so, um, like, you know, for me, like clairvoyance is like my burger, um, clairaudience is my fries. And then, um, something that people don't normally think about, um, timing, knowing the right went time to say something, um, which, I mean, everybody has to deal with that, but that's my, so th there's a, cause people ask me that all the time. Well, what is it? What do you have? And so I was like, oh, well, I'll just do this really simple exercise so that people can look at what their psychic combo meal is. So, um, yeah, so, but that's mine. And, but it's interesting because, um, uh, I just did a reading the other day and a girl said, are you a medium? And I don't consider myself a medium. I consider myself a panel. So like, why are you laughing? Tell me what, what are you laughing no, at? Well, Cause I want to get silly again. Like why do psychics only come in one size medium? Aren't there large and small? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 that that joke has been in my head for 35 years. So I, I have every time I hear the word medium, I I think of it. So I'm sorry. Well, I I no no you're well you're I'll tell you it it makes me laugh because you're not the only person that said that. I um worked with a producer once that said, oh I just 
is there anyone in your group that is like a tiny medium? Because I love, um, I love that play on words, like a small medium. And I was just, I, and, but there actually is there. I, we have a tiny, not tiny. She's not like a, a small person, but she's petite. Um, and she's one of the most powerful mediums I, I've ever met. And it was interesting because when she first came to me, uh, she was like, how do I get rid of this? And I was like, oh, you don't. Yeah, you, you don't get rid of it, but you learn how to work with it. And and she has over the years. But, um, you know, the, the dinners are interesting. And, and now because the dinners were kind of so far in the past, it feels. But, um, you know, the dinners are interesting because people come with all kinds of questions. They sometimes it's, oh, this thing happened to me. And I just I've always wanted to know, like, what was this thing or um you know, I had this happen when I was a kid and then I kind of shut it down. How can I maybe get it back? So we, I get a lot of different types of questions. It's just a really great conversation. You know, you have questions, you have, it's part questions, kind of part reading. Um, sometimes it can, I used to try and bring topics and I threw that idea out the window because within five minutes, whatever the topic of that discussion is going to be, presents itself and it's like oh you thought there was a topic like you thought you were going to bring a topic that's so cute like this is what we're going to talk about right well we that, you know, humor. extremely interesting that you would go there uh well first of all you you first said uh, you in that uh answer you were talking about timing knowing when to say anything so my first question about that and i just want to follow it up with with the uh, what you just said about the topic stuff because it's I'll get to it. Anyway, um, okay. t- t- timing, <laughs> timing. Do you have to? Do you have to establish rapport with somebody uh, before you start um, getting information or being willing to share it, and or 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 can, or can it come like immediately, and you have to stop yourself from sharing? Because I know, like when people first get. Um, they first get open up to a new topic and they want to share it with everybody they because they're they're so excited that they have this new knowledge they want to share it with everybody and sometimes that, that that's not the best course to do and and learning timing and pacing is is so, so it's a two part question do you have to wait to establish rapport with somebody or and can you get get stuff right away like when you first um, meet somebody and say oh well first shake their hand and say i I got a whole mind full of stuff already, but I better keep it to myself for a while and <laughs> hold on to it. Okay, so stop talking so I can answer the question because I have like 20 different answers and I'm like, so so um, I will start to get information before I eat, before a person even contacts me. Wow. And um, so uh, I will, sometimes I will have a thought that I just know is not mine. And I'm just like, okay, I'll put that away for later. Right. And then I'll get, um, I'll get an email or I'll get a text or a call or whatever. And it's someone wanting to make an appointment. And so then, and I, I love not knowing anything about the people that I'm reading. And in fact, I prefer it that way. Although I do have people that have come over and, you know, over and over again, but my favorite is just a blank slate. And so, um, but sometimes I'll start get, getting information before they even contact me. Uh, if I have, like, say I have a reading on Monday, um, I will start getting information kind of almost like tuning in, I guess. If, if you want to use a visual, it's like the, the information kind of starts to come in. And so I'm just kind of putting it in like a little memory bank. And then or 
Or so even if I'm not, I'm, I'm at the grocery store, this is a really great example. So um, I can be at the grocery store, start receiving and I just want to say super fast, I am not trying to read people all the time. You don't know, meet someone and they'll be like, oh, you're psychic. What am I thinking? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm off duty, you know, because it's a, a, it can be a bombardment, you know, like like again, I like oh, I like I like off duty. I, that's the first time I've heard that used in that context. But continue. Yeah, but but I can be um, standing in a grocery store line, and the person not so much anymore with COVID because you know you're so far away from each other now. But you know you'd be standing behind somebody, and they just turn around and start talking, and literally someone would tell me my their life story or some crazy thing that happened. And then they'd be like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. This is so weird. And I can tell them a sentence, which has been information that's coming in my head the whole time that they've been talking, um, you know, kind of dropping in. And I just tell them what, what I'd been receiving, not like, Oh, I'm a psychic. And so I'm going to tell you this, but more in the way of like, Oh, this might be a good idea or whatever. And they'll say something like, Oh my God, I was just talking to my mom about this same issue and she said the exact same thing you just said. You just reiterate. So I'm like, okay, I'm here to validate something for you. You're not a client of mine. I'll never see you again in my life. But like we came again, no coincidences. We came together for a point in time. You had an issue. I had a solution to give you the end. So it's mm -hmm. just, I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of it, sometimes it, it I'll does. go off in a different direction, but yeah, no, it, it does. Um, but I, the follow up on that because you talked about somebody coming to you and and thinking they were going to be talking about a topic. Now I have to kind of dance around this to be extremely um, cognizant of somebody not giving away somebody's personal information here. So uh, I'm going to explain this to you the best way I can while, while trying to keep something secret from from the public um somebody so, somebody who listens to this program uh went to a psychic who was a guest on this program recently and told me about the experience she had there now she was frustrated because she wanted she went there to contact uh somebody she was grieving over because um she needed closure on this one particular uh subject and the psychic she went to uh, was talking about other people who were coming through and, and who yeah. had passed and she was getting extremely frustrated with that. I don't know. I, I don't know if she said anything or finally expressed her frustration, uh, but eventually it got around to um, the something about the person she was trying to get closure on. But so uh, is that something that you can kind of, kind of, uh, if somebody says I'm trying to, to get in touch with or, or, or find out about, you know, a certain person who passed, is that something you can do or is that something that you have to just take what comes to you? That so anyone that it that does this work that says, oh, yes, I can you can connect with the person you're trying to connect to. I would just be very leery of that because it's not our choice you know as as the channel or the medium you know we don't we don't get to choose who shows up 
And sometimes, like you're saying for this individual, it's like everybody else, you know, shows up except the person that you're trying to contact. And it's not, you know, I always kind of try and say, you know, it, it's not a dog and pony show. It's not like I, I get to choose, just like I don't get to choose the information that comes through, you know. Right. Um, and it's, there are very talented mediums that, um, but, but anyone that says 100% of the time I can connect with the person that you're wanting to connect to, it just doesn't work that way. Um, right. and, and, and here's another piece to that, though, that, that might just bring a little comfort to that person. Sometimes we're so uh, laser focused on what we want to hear the information that comes through might actually be what that person needs to hear at that point in time. And I mean, and to be honest too, like, it's not like calling somebody on the phone, you know, it's not like, you know, they just might be busy <laughs> that, right. that energy might be busy doing something else. And I know that sounds kind of silly or funny, but it, not it's not, <laughs> <laughs> in my mind what i'm what i'm seeing the picture i'm seeing is like you know the old um the old boards where the in from like the 40s the phone boards where the women would where's your call you know where's your call who are you calling yeah, and then you they right. put the the yeah. you know sometimes it's just not there's there's not a place to put that plug into and but the but the whole going back to the whole point of um for that person to to be open to the information that did come through. So right. um, your question made me think of somebody that came to a reading. Um, I've had people do this a few different times where I say, if, if there's something you wanna talk about, let's talk about it first. I can give you, or you can do this. You can sit and stare at me the whole entire time and not say a word and, and I can give you what comes through or I prefer to do things like a conversation because I want to help somebody work through something. If something comes through, I want it to be as valuable as it possibly can be. But I had somebody come and, and do a sitting with me and um, she actually had her uh, had brought her husband with her. And um, at the end of the reading, uh, she said, I said, you know, we're, we're wrapping up. Is there anything else? And she said, well, I actually had this really big one question. And I was like, I just looked at him as like, oh, my God, why didn't you ask? Like people just assume that I have a list of things and like I know where their stuff is on the list. But I'm like, you got to work with me over here. You know, <laughs> yeah. you've got to help me help you, because if you show up with a big question, that might be the whole entire reading. But if you wait until the last five minutes, like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, I want right. you to get as much out of a reading as you can. So if you see a psychic, any psychic, not me, I mean, me, not me. If you have questions, ask your questions. I am telling that to anybody in your audience that that is ask your questions, make them you, what you were there for is the most important thing. Make it the most important thing. Well, uh, thank you for that, because uh, but I think it's important for people to understand that before they even uh, because uh, like with this person, she was frustrated by not hearing about the person she was looking to see if if she probably would have had that conversation. What you just explained to me, she might not have been as frustrated. It might have been a little more relaxed and maybe would have made things a little easier. Just thinking about that. Now, something you said earlier. Yeah, I uh, 
about mediumship. You don't, you don't, if you think of it more of it as a channel, that, that yeah. was interesting to me because, uh, several songwriters I've had on recently have expressed exactly that. Well, uh, I don't write the music. I just, it just kind of comes to me. I'm like a, is, and, and they use the, uh, uh, you know, analogy. I'm like a radio station that is just tuned into it. And the, and the song comes to me or what, or, or in one case, somebody who is a novelist, it just comes through me. I don't know where it came yeah. from. Uh, it, it, yeah. that, that a similar experience. It, yeah. And, and I've heard that too. I I've heard that it's, um, to me, I just feel like I show up. I am the vessel. The information, which is one of the reasons why I don't hold back. If the information has come in, it is meant to be received. And I don't sugarcoat. I mean, I'm not going to just blurt something out that could be highly upsetting, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. One of the big things with being a channel is um, I will see pictures or get information that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And my job is to say, and, and I have a book, I write a lot of, I draw a lot of pictures because I'm visual. I like to draw the things that I see. And, and I always give the person a picture of the, of the, the page in the book that I've drawn everything on, but it's, um, and whenever I started to say that, I totally lost my train of thought. So I'm going to, this happens to me a lot. Um, I'm going to kind of <laughs> go back in my head to what we were talking about. This happens to me in my, in my classroom. And I'm like, sometimes I have to literally walk backwards to where I was we were when talking I about the, when I, yeah we were talking about being a channel and the expression that the artists and songwriters and novelists uh sometimes feel like it, it's coming through them not they're not actually doing the work and thank you and I appreciate you so much but yeah it's it's not for me to decipher and so I if I did filter I could miss the opportunity of giving someone some very valuable information. So when I draw things or when I see things, a lot of times I'll say, I'll say what it is. And um, sometimes they'll be like, oh my God, I totally know what you're talking about. And then I'm like, okay, let's go. Let, let's work on that. And sometimes they're like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. And I'm like, okay, we'll just go back to it. Do you know what I mean? Well, we can, we can keep moving forward. And a lot of times they'll be like, or I'll get a call and they'll be like, Oh my God, Deb, you will not, I cannot believe when you said that one thing and I was thinking about it later, or I woke up this morning and I was like, Oh my God, that's what she was talking about. Like totally that I knew exactly what it was, but sometimes people, and this goes, I'm going to go back to the person that wants to hear exactly from one person. We can get in our own way so often, like so often people are like, I don't want them to say some that talk about this one thing, or I really want to hear about this one thing instead of just being like showing up, like, let's see what happens because let's see what happens is the best way to have intuition flow for me as, as eh, it doesn't really matter for me as the reader, but for the person that's receiving, if they're like, no, I'm just focused on this one tiny particular I could be giving them waves of information that are so valid, but they're like, no, you're not, you didn't say the one tiny thing I was looking for you to say. So it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a, a, the big question that everybody probably wants to know. I, I doubt you can really answer it uh, in a way that's going to satisfy everybody who wants to know it. But the, the question that everybody wants to know is what happens when we die? 
Oh, I love this question because whatever you want, I mean, every single person, it's like, I, I love to, um, use the analogy of like a thumbprint. Like if every single planet, every single person that has ever been on the planet has a different thumbprint or fingerprints, we can have a different experience after we die. It's, it's, um, and if you have lived with a lot of, um, uh, like the word that's coming to me is like unrequited. So, um, like if you've lived your life with, without saying all the things you've wanted to say or fear of repercussions of things, the afterlife looks a lot like that too. You know, if you've, if you were um, raised thinking, you know, uh, you do one thing wrong and, you know, uh, hell awaits, well, it's not going to be that extreme, but a person might go through something almost like a, a purgatory type experience because that's what they feel they deserved. Right. But the, the, and, and I've had people say, well, um, uh, um, what does heaven look like? Whatever you want it to look like. Like I, and, and this is something that's kind of almost like hard for me to wrap my head around. Like a person can be, in 10 other people's heavens, but still be in their own. Do you see what it's like? Almost like little shards of ourselves that are memories that, that, um, that exist and can become anything else. I mean, it's, but there is, you know, the funniest um, answer to that question. And I don't know the name of the movie, but Albert Brooks made a movie years uh, and years ago. Defending your life is the name yeah. of the movie. <laughs> that kind of that process, like there is a process that happens. And that's why whenever people are like, why isn't, why, why is my loved one, you know, uh, um, giving me signs? I'm like, dude, they're doing their own thing. Like they're doing their own process right now. So it's, and I don't, I, for God's sake, I hope it's not nearly as dismal as defending your life as, as his yeah. process. But look at the the way that, it, and people that are younger are like, what are you talking about? But like his process in the afterlife was a lot like his process in life. And so, right. um, but, but I've, I've heard many people say that um, in the afterlife, we're all 30. <laughs> we're, we're all basically 30 years old. You're not too old and you're not too young. And I'm, wow, that, I'm, that's, that's like a whole other show on its own, like that right, conversation. Right. But I will say um, th there is a such an amazing understanding that takes place that we cannot comprehend as humans. It's like you just know everything all of a sudden, but it's not overwhelming. And I have no way to explain that because I actually really have no way to understand that. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult con concept. And I know a lot of people wrestle with it. I love that Albert Brooks movie, by the way, because it, it talked about uh, overcoming your fears like uh, life. This this life was all about dealing with fears and what you're afraid of and how you how you handle that. And to me, that was a powerful message, even though it was a comedy. And, uh, it, you know, it, Albert Brooks's concept of, of what happens after uh, we, we die. But it. it I found it comforting to think of it like that, that because it, it encourages you kind of to live a life of less fear or overcome your fears a little bit more. So I think that that was an important message. I have to say, uh, 
you you date yourself by knowing Albert Brooks and the operator thing with the thing, but you don't look old enough to uh, know either one of those references. So I have to say that. <laughs> I, well, uh, I I appreciate that, um, but I do know them, and I am old <laughs> enough to know them. <laughs> well, well, I I know you couldn't have been uh, alive in uh, in the forties with the operators with the uh, patch cord stuff. I I, <laughs> I know you're not that. You bring an interesting point with without even planning to, I think, which is we can remember things that we did not live like there. I've had some experiences and I bet you have, too, where you're like, how in the world could I have ever known about that? Or it could be something super obscure. And you're like, why do I know as much about this as I do? And right. um, but but if you kind of go to the this is. A, a big concept, but if you go to the physics theory that everything's happening all of the time and we're just pulling pieces of information out of the air, which is actually what I'm doing when I'm channeling is I'm just pulling information um, down and, and through um, why not, you know, yeah. like why not? So you mentioned earlier being off duty, and I I, I laughed at that because I think that's a, a a funny way of putting it. But I, I I think about this all the time. Is there a switch you can just turn it off, or or you have to kind of just fight it in some way? Like, can can you be in a, a crowded place where you're getting getting bombarded with information and it gets overwhelming, and or or, or is there a in internal switch that you can just say, I don't want to receive. I'm off the hook right now. I don't want to receive. I'm off duty. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, that's, I get asked that question a lot. And, um, I am very, I don't want to say careful. That's not really the right word. I'm very mindful of the types of places that I am, that I go to, like if I go to, um, like I, my son played soccer forever. And if I was at a soccer game, I was completely open to every part of the experience, right? I feel tired and, and worn out afterwards, which everybody is like, yeah, cause you were screaming the whole time. But I was, I wanted every part of me to be open and experiencing everything. Now I have been some in some experience in, um, some situations like, uh, this is a, a big one, like just the grocery store that now that I'm, I'm outside of Austin. So this area has grown a ton, but you used to just see everybody that you knew at the grocery store, right? 10 years ago. And I would literally, um, I, I would pull my energy in. It's literally like almost like pulling a blanket over your head. And, um, and I'm very easy to spot, obviously, you know, with pink hair, it's like, I, I, it's like this, you know, and people, oh, Deb, you know, and, but when I don't want to talk to anybody at the grocery store, I literally kind of just fold my energy in and I, it, there is a way of kind of dampening as well. Um, but I guess maybe the answer to that is I've kind of learned throughout the years, the times when I really want to be on and super open and the times when I really want to fold in and, um, that's my answer. It, it, okay. Yeah, it's you can do it. You can. Now, it's not like a switch. Right. It's it. And it's also, you know, I don't I know when to go places and when not to go places. I'm also very sensitive to sound. Um, we did not talk about this. And I don't know that you know this or not, but I am actually diagnosed with autism. I'm high functioning. I'm high functioning um, autistic. Me too. And, 
You are. We have yeah. got to talk after this show. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like there's so many things to talk about. But um, <laughs> and people tell me. So I want to ask you: Do people ask tell you all the time? No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. You're not autistic. Like, right. But the sense the the sound sensitivity for me is can get really overwhelming, especially with like I think that's kind of where some of that clear audience comes from. Is there's there's a certain part of my mind that just works a different way, and um, that's not all of it. But I definitely know the places to go where I feel comfortable and I can pull my energy in, and the places where I go that I feel completely bombarded to where any of my little tips or tricks are just not going to work period. And I'm going to end up leaving completely exhausted. Right. I, I can relate to that 100%. I mean, my whole life, uh, it, people think uh, I'm not listening to them. It's just sometimes that the, all, and, and I hate it. It almost sounds like a, like I'm psychotic. And when I say this, what's schizophrenic, the voices in my head are, are, are so loud that I, it's just, I, I got too many things to listen to at once yeah. and, and it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, so I relate yeah. to that uh, in a, in a strong way. Now um, I want to kind of switch gears here because um, it, as I mentioned, you also work with a mental health addiction and trauma field in within the criminal justice system. How does that work? So, mm, let let me um, clarify. What is the question that you're asking me? Well, is well, it, it like what do I do? What What do you do? And and when when we talk about within the criminal justice system, um, I'm I'm assuming, and it, it's probably a wrong assumption that like a police officer or a lawyer or somebody would contact you and say, "We need help with this," because criminal justice system. How what what else could it be? <laughs> I mean, well, so um, a, a bunch of different things, actually. And and um, I have actually, not in the way that you're thinking, I have, so um, it's funny, I was just uh, writing something on my phone about this right before the show. Um, I was a CASA for eight years. So a court-appointed special advocate um, who uh, stands up in court for a child that has been removed for, due to abuse and neglect. And I will tell you that, I mean, I... I didn't do it as a psychic, but intuition played such a huge role in that work. Um, I then was a juvenile case manager for a while. I was able to, um, to um, and intuition played a role there too, not as a psychic, but right. that, I mean, that's a hat you never take off, right? It's not like I can say, okay, well, I'm not going to be psychic today, but using that um, broader intuition in the way of, um, uh, getting, getting to a deeper point much quicker, especially, right. um, and, and I do know, and, and now, so I've done that as well. And then, um, now I work with, uh, drug offenders. So, um, people have to, if they've been busted for, for drugs or drug related, um, crimes, uh, not just having drugs, but also making drugs, selling drugs, moving drugs. Um, they come to my, they have to come to my class. I'm a, a licensed drug offender educator. And um, uh, go ahead. I'm just wondering what, what when you say you work with them uh, and educator, a drug offender, so they're breaking the law by taking narcotics or something. Uh, what kind of mm -hmm. education, what do you, do you educate them on? I mean, what, what is it on the danger? Cause that they have to know that. I think most people who are using know the dangers of it. What exactly is the education part about it? 
Well, it so there's it's interesting because every educator you can go to 10 different classes and get 10 different experiences. Um, <laughs> my my whole thing is no judgment, no fear. I'm, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to support you. And nobody wants to be in these classes. But at the end of it's a 15 hour class um, at the end of the class, people will tell me I do not understand why, but I I'm going to miss this class and I actually wish I could keep coming to this class because just treating people like people like human people that make mistakes um I you know I've made my mistakes in the past I've I've got my own mental health profile that I'm able to I'm really able to understand a lot of the of the issues that they've gone through, even if I have not gone through them myself. And again, intuition plays a huge role there. Some of the conversations that we'll have, they'll be like, I've never talked to anybody about this ever. And I'm talking in front of a room full of people and I can't believe it. And that it's, but do you know, it's interesting. I, the dinners are very much like these classes where people come with the dinners there. They come because intuition or psychic experiences are, are what, brought them there with with my other people my with my drug offenders one thing brought them together they're all different stories and all different experiences but being able to openly share with people that have been where you've been and are not going to judge you i see the most amazing healing happen in those classes mm. and um i've actually had people say to me are you psychic like I feel like you're like you're psychic or something. And I'm just like, mm, maybe. <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, you talked about trauma before and intuition. I, I think it's um, trauma can definitely you don't have to be a psychic to, uh, to pick up on the signs of, of somebody who's been deeply traumatized, uh, yeah. especially if they the harder they try to sublimate it. The, the more it kind of shows in their body language, their behavior and, and all that stuff. But specifically, and I want to talk about it in terms of uh, opioid uh, and because the crisis is so, so strong among young people these days and we're losing so many young people to that. Uh, is trauma necessarily always part of, of the reason they, they become not, uh, not become addicted, but stay addicted uh, do, do all of them necessarily have to have some major trauma in their past or can people who have lived, nobody lives a trauma-free life, but mild, right. mild trauma, life, uh, they can become addicted too. Do you have any so, insight on that? I love that you're asking that question because it's, I see a lot of trauma. I, I see a lot of trauma. I see a lot of um, adverse uh, childhood experiences, which if anyone's interested in learning about adverse childhood experiences, the ACEs quiz um, it is available everywhere online. But I see, um, and, and it always, I don't wanna say it looks textbook because I don't ever wanna refer to anybody as textbook, but I see a lot of the same behaviors become self-medication or become um, addiction or what the, in the field is known as substance use disorder. Um, and the other part to your question, what, oh, and, and genetics plays a big role. Genetics right. plays a very large role. But the, but the mental health piece is a, a big piece too. You know, and I've had people say, well, I was fine 
you know, I, all, I had some really bad things happen to me and I'm, but I'm fine. And I'm like, but you're in my class. Right. And they're like, yeah, but not <laughs> everybody has addiction that comes to me. Do you see? Right. I mean, like the, I just, again, this is a whole different discussion, but the brain is so amazing and it can, it can heal itself. And one of the places that it, that it does that is through support, through being able to talk about that. That's one of the things that I love. Again, the dinners and the classes that I teach are so similar because people want to talk about their experiences. They want to be heard and they want to be able to, what this, the song that is coming to my head is take a load off Sally. Um, that they just want to be able to take it off of their shoulders. What? Why did you do that? Something. Here's the connection. There. It's 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 personal, and I I I can't because it has to do with uh with the person I was talking about before that I don't want to give away too much personal information on. So, That's okay. but it, it it a couple of things you've said tonight uh bear strongly on that uh, that particular case and it's just like wow uh and I'm trying not to give too much away because it's somebody who. Uh, told me this in confidence and I, I I'm vowed to keep, keep it in confidence and not expose them to other people who might be listening to know that because they didn't even want uh, people to know that they want to see a psychic, you know, and it, uh, that's part of it too. I think people, I, I know people uh, obviously if they're coming to you and at a dinner with other people, they're comfortable with people knowing they're going to see a psychic, but not everybody is. Some people are uh, ashamed of it, embarrassed by it, or for whatever reason, hesitant, to let people know they don't because they don't want people saying oh what are you doing that for don't be silly that you know uh so the experience that a lot that people get are nervous about uh other people's perceptions of them coming to see a second not so in in the almost 10 years since i've been doing this not as much in the last four to five years. Do you know what I mean? Like before, and there are still some people like I, I do have some like higher profile clients that are like CEOs of companies or they're in the medical field or they're um, I've worked with some producers and it's just like, there's um, kind of what I'm hearing is they want people to think it's their secret sauce. Do you know what I mean? Like, as, like you were saying, like, you know, with with uh, creatives, they might not want to know people to know that they're seeing a psychic. To me, right. um, it's a lot more. It, it definitely has become a lot more mainstream, you know, in the wellness field, in the um, mindfulness, you know, kind of arena. Um, but, yeah, I, there's I've never had. I've. Hmm, that's a really good question. I, I have. I haven't had anyone say like don't tell anybody that I came to you because I'm first I'm like dude who would I tell I definitely believe in just like you are, are wanting to hold someone's confidentiality that's really important to me and um and and anyone that does this work that is uh um uh ethical you know it, it's it's part of like I know it's People it's almost like a doctor. Might be like, like, oh yeah, like a pirate's code, but I mean, right. It's almost like a yeah, doctor a or, ethics, yeah, or a lawyer sure. kind of has to keep people's information confidential. I, yeah, I, I get that. Um, my, 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 the, my <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, back to uh, if we can just look, and uh, this is probably where I, I want to end the uh, addiction thing. But um, when we see no. when we see addicts um, get clean, sober, seem to be on a healthy path for a while, and they think they're past it, and then backslide, and then get clean again, and think they're past it, and, and backslide again. It's almost as if. Um, there's some, and th- this is a phrase that that you hear quite often if you talk to addicts at all. Is there's a monster inside them or a demon inside them that just uh, comes back to life or, or it hasn't quite slayed yet? Do you have any insights on that whole phenomenon of you know getting clean, feeling healthy, looking to the world like they've got a cure? They look as healthy as com- as possibly can be, got their life together, happy now, have every reason in the world to stay clean. Get, go go off it again and then and it becomes a cycle until finally at some point uh you know it just can't keep going and they end up either in jail or dead do you have any insight on on why and how that happens um for some people that part of their journey is not over yet and and that's really i've known people that have overdosed a handful of times before the final time that they were able to like kind of the words that are coming to me is like come completely out of it or get completely past it. And I mean, I know, I know people that they've said, yeah, I'm, I'm in recovery. I'm, I'm doing really well. I have to really pay attention. You know, I mean, it, it's just like with mental health. Um, it There's little things that happen where you're like, oh, okay, there's one thing that happened. Oh, okay, there's two things that happened. But sometimes someone can experience an additional trauma, a loss, that what they do is they self-medicate or they run back to a comfort. And that really is a human behavior. It's just around something that can be very deadly, like opioids, especially opioids. Right. Um, so are, are you still doing dinners virtually? I mean, I was thinking about how that might be possible to have people like a, a Zoom meeting and everybody's got their own, <laughs> own little plate in front of them and doing it that way. Are you still working virtually doing dinners and group meetings? I've done a, a couple. They're not my favorite. I mean, obviously, it's such a different experience. Um, it's, it's really been more kind of people that I've known through the supper club over the years that'll all like kind of jump on a call or, um, I do a lot more kind of one-on-one back and forth with people and, um, which is fine too. I mean, it's all over the phone. I've, like I said, I am still doing private events, but they just have, they're very few and far between. Um, right. I, I am doing readings uh, virtually like that's that's the only way I'm doing readings now. Um, I actually did meet with somebody at a park recently where we both had masks on, um, which is fine. But I mean, I'm just really ready for I mean, just like everybody else for COVID to be over. But it's different. I mean, like I've talked to a lot of professionals and it's we're just pivoting, you know, and this is what we have to do for a little while, a little while longer. And then I will be so happy to be able to sit around a table with my compadres and have a meal and new people. I mean, it's, and like I said, I'm doing some stuff virtually. Um, I'm doing, I'm getting ready to start doing some tarot, uh, um, experiential uh, tarot. um, I don't even want to say 
classes. I hate saying that. Um, experiences, I guess. I like to think of everything as an experience. But to answer your question, right now we are not really doing dinners. Right. Unfortunately. I, I don't want to put you on the spot here to, and ask you to make a prediction, but I'm asking about your personal feeling about this. Uh, you feel like sure. um, you feel like this this thing we're going through is is because you mentioned that you know when COVID is over, you feel like it's going to pass and things will go back to the world we knew before. So the answer to that question, no, I don't think that the world will go back to the way it was before, but I also don't think that's a bad thing. I, no, I think I, that I, I um, agree. You know, I, I, I also think like good and bad has come of it as far as what we've learned about ourselves. I definitely feel that way about some of the things I've learned about myself and Absolutely. like my need, what my needs are and what everybody's needs are. But, um, I do know, and I've, I've talked about this a lot in the, cause I saw people have asked me, did you see COVID coming? And I have talked to a lot of people about this that are intuitive that said, no, it, I knew something was coming and, and I've seen something coming for a long time. And like whenever it, and even before COVID, I mean, the turning, if you want to call it that of, of events started before it, but it, to me, it was like, I knew something was coming. I didn't know what it was. It felt veiled. And I, that seems very like cryptic type of language, but it did. It felt like the energy was definitely shifting, definitely different, but I didn't know what it was. And that really bothered me. Like when COVID hit and I was just like, oh my God, like, how did I not see this? And I talked to a, a bunch of other people that are intuitive and they were like, we didn't see it either. We And they expressed back to me exactly what I just said. They saw something, but didn't know what it was. Can, and, and so and to answer the um, question, oh, yeah, I, I don't ahead. think it'll be good. I don't think it'll. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree with you. It, I don't. I, I think I think we're evolving and it's part of uh, our evolutional yeah. path that we're on and we're, yeah. we're evolving into yeah. a new uh, social order in, in some way. And it's going to be different than the, the life we knew 10 months ago or a year ago. Um, it's that, but not necessarily all bad. There, there's some good in yeah. there's a silver lining in every cloud, <laughs> whether we choose yeah. to believe that or not. Uh, but do you believe we can manifest things like this by by expressing uh our uh intuition that something like this because i i want to say that i think this is um this is just one of many or, or several pandemics that might come and this is put you know as it's hard to say this with almost 300,000 people dead, but I think this is a pretty mild one compared to what could have been with the bird flu or swine flu or any of those if they had uh, not been nipped in the bud. And I, I think it's quite possible we could be we could see pandemics that wipe out, you know, millions of Americans or, or so. Um, so maybe this is a lesson for us to kind of prime us to be prepared for the future in, in some way. But do you think we can manifest that just by me expressing that? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping the answer is no. <laughs> no, I, and, but I think you're absolutely right. Like this is this is one of a few that we've already experienced. It just happened to be a lot more intense, right? But um, 
I, I have a friend that was like, whenever we were talking about this and she said, she said very flippantly, she said, but you're a prepper. So blah, blah, blah. And I said, why did you say that? Why? Cause I don't consider myself to be a prepper. And she said, cause you knew, you know, something's coming, but you're not really doing anything to try and stop it. And I was like, cause I see what I see. Like it's, it's, and I do think that people can have an effect positively or negatively on the experiences that are happening around us and even globally and like even further out than that. But there are also things that are, that were put into, into, there are also things that were put into play way longer before now, and they're just coming to fruition. And that's what I was seeing. It's, this is unnecessary. And again, I don't want to sound heartless because I, we've lost friends too. We've lost um, people too. And I don't want anyone to say, oh, well, you're being very flippant about it. I absolutely am not. But this the word that's coming into my head is like, and it sounds negative, but like it's a reckoning. It's a rec And I do think it's also a place to, to really cherish the people that you have in your life. And if there is something that needs to be said, say it. Because I do think that things get harder before they get better. And I, I, yeah. I think we're going to see this in a handful of, of turns. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And there, that, I think that is the, the ultimate positive message in all of this stuff is if it's taught us anything, it's, it's, taught, it's taught us appreciate the people in your life now. And if you, <clears throat> you love somebody, don't wait until you, they're dead and you have to go to see a psychic to have clo closure about it. Tell them now. Because they probably won't show up anyway. Right. <laughs> they might yeah. be like, she wants to talk to me now? I don't think so. Right, right. So perfect uh, stuff. I Thank you for, for coming tonight and sharing your story with us. I wish we had more time in you, but I would say you're welcome back anytime you you're, you want. The door is always open to you. I appreciate uh, everything you said tonight and hope some people... Uh, found some some quality and and some value in what you said and maybe can find some comfort in it so um the website is traveling psychic supper club.com if people want to get in touch with you and uh, any other place we should be directing them or just to, to the website i will tell you the best place to interact with me is instagram and that my um handle on there is at traveling psychic so at just traveling half psychic. of the rest Yep. And okay. I'll put anything that I'm doing on there. So great. I will, I will get, I will get that link and put it in the description as well. So uh, people don't have to go searching for it or they'll just can one click and be there. Uh, I appreciate your time again. I wish you great success and you know where to find me now. Doors always open. So uh, anytime you Thank want to come you. back. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you. Me too. Thanks. Bye for now. This episode is brought to you by put me in the story. Put Me in the Story creates personalized books for kids by taking best-selling children's picture books and well-loved characters and allowing you to create personalized books that make your child the star of the story alongside their favorite characters. Save 25% store-wide when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code SAVE25. We're also sponsored by Lovely. Lovely is your online stop for modern, irresistible, and affordable women's clothing. Never before has dressing yourself been so easy. 
Lovely's carefully curated selection of apparel, accessories, and outerwear are always on trend and always available at the web's best prices. Lovely is dedicated to delivering high-quality clothing to women that will make them look and feel their best. They believe every woman has the right to dress well and shouldn't have to spend a lot to love how she looks. They make it easy to wear outfits you love every day, giving you the confidence to take on the world. Lovely.com summer fashion trends are now 40% off, starting at just $5.99. Get an extra 18% off when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code JFT18. We're also sponsored by VaporDNA. Founded in 2013, VaporDNA is the premier online vape store offering an industry-leading selection of electronic cigarettes, e-liquids, and accessories. Their friendly and knowledgeable customer service team is always ready to provide the best customer service experience to ensure you find what you're looking for. They guarantee their products to be 100% genuine and at the lowest possible price. They're so confident in their selection and customer service, they offer their customers a 45-day refund policy. Save 20% when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code OrionQ. Yeah, we're antic, folks. Uh, lot to lot to unpack there, uh, but I think at the end was was where where it all really uh comes down where the where the rubber is the road as they say uh you know if there's somebody in your life that you love them and appreciate them tell them now tell them now and i you know i i think i posted something like that on social media a while ago and people thought i was telling uh, i was asking for <laughs> uh people to say i appreciate you meaning me uh so i think i put it on facebook i said if there's somebody you love or appreciate tell them now don't wait for them to pass and i got like a hundred responses i appreciate you which is not i wasn't fishing for people to say thank you to me uh but it, i guess it came off that way but uh seriously that's uh the ultimate takeaway from this conversation i hope you enjoyed this i hope you got uh found value in it and i hope you'll uh, come back and tell your friends about it and subscribe and go to my youtube channel and subscribe there go to minddogtv.com get on my mailing list so you know when we have great guests on that you're interested in and questions and comments for me always info at minddogtv.com info at minddogtv.com Tomorrow at 1 p.m., I will have David Essel, who's a motivational speaker, who says uh, positive thinking uh, will not change your life. And uh, he'll be with me at 1 p.m. I don't have a show at 8 p.m. tomorrow night because I'm performing with the Rock and 45's full band at Gotcha de Oro in Lindenhurst, New York. So uh, I'll uh, meet me at 1, 1 p.m. here tomorrow. Till then, I'm Matt Napo for the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great night and bye for now. Sometimes words can lose their meaning When overused and spoken with tact We turn a phrase of small cliches Words better left unspoken Little lies, shallow replies We've learned along the way We ramble on with feelings gone Communication broken The way it feels just isn't real Anytime we say I love you Just to hear it back 
seat in judgment With all the virtue that I lack Waiting for a chance to speak We can't forget to listen Talk is cheap and we can't keep the hours in a day Little slips roll past our lips Exposing what we're missing The emptiness that exists when I hear you say I love you just to hear it back So tell me what you need to hear And then look into my eyes So you know that I'm sincere I won't tell you any lies Half the time I am uncertain My mind just fades to black But I am sure I know That you're the one who understands me The promised heart that never parts And I know where it stays And suddenly the mystery of the faith That demands me Promise you forever You'll never hear me say I love you Just to hear it back And suddenly the mystery Of the faith that demands me To promise you forever You'll never Hear me say, I love you, just to hear it back, cause I love you.